0: I have recently fallen in love with paddleboarding, and I can blame all of that on my Bluefin stand up paddleboard that I just got from Bluefin Sup. And the reason I love it is because you can stand up, look down in the water, see all the fish, see all the stuff swimming around, um, see the bottom, see it, it's just absolutely amazing. It, it adds such an amazing dimension to being on the water. And another thing I love about it is it has an included kayak seat. So it's almost totally replaced my kayak Um, and you can attach it, detach it, it's amazing. So if I wanna sit down for a little while, I've got a seat ready to go. The paddleboard is totally inflatable. I can pack it into a backpack that comes with it, carry it around to where I wanna go and then take it out, inflate it. It only takes like five to seven minutes to inflate and comes with a five-year warranty for anything that goes wrong. It's a community-minded, family-run business based in the UK, um, but available worldwide. And When I placed my order, it was here within a matter of, I don't know, four or five days. Um, and I was very happy with the price, very reasonably priced, especially for the quality you're getting and they have such an array of boards. I decided to go with the Bluefin Cruise 12, just like a general uh, everyday use board, but they've got racing boards. They've got fishing boards. They've got boards for you know complete amateurs all the way up to experienced ocean tours. It, it, it's amazing. So if you are in need of a paddleboard or want to get into it, I definitely recommend Bluefin Sup, and I just want to thank them for supporting the show. And They are having a $150 off a Black Friday sale at BluefinSupBoards.com. That's it's Bluefin, S-U-P, boards.com
1: So we had to go left because that was where the line for the rapid was. But then we then met this sort of like, oh, and if we don't go left, there's all these boulders falling into the river. So of all the things we predicted and read and the guidebooks, we never sort of predicted there'd be construction going on above us.
0: Hey, folks, welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. Uh, you probably noticed we didn't post any episode on Monday, and frankly, I just needed a break. Uh, i had been going like crazy for the last few weeks, last few months, actually, maybe years now. Gosh, when is it going to slow down? I don't know if it ever will, um, but especially last and I was pretty busy. I was out at Oceanside, California with Athletic Brewing doing the Ironman. And uh yeah, it was an awesome event, but I didn't my flight got cancelled is what happened and I didn't get home till super late, uh actually early Monday morning, and I just ran out of time to finish uh finish the episode. That being said, I did want to say I actually ran into a, a a big fan of the podcast out in Oceanside. Someone heard me talking about, you know, the beer, the athletic brewing beer to somebody. They said, Do you host the Adventure Sports Podcast? <laughs> and I said, Yeah. They said, Holy cow, I saw Athletic Brewing uh and i heard your voice and i put two and two together cuz they've heard me mention it on the show before and it was just one of the coolest things so shout out marco uh It was so cool to see you and meet you in person, and congratulations on finishing uh, the Ironman race. Um, But anyway, uh, we're gonna go ahead and jump into today's episode. We're talking to a veteran of the show, Liam Kirkham. Uh, This is an episode from a couple years ago. Liam is such a great storyteller; makes me want to paddleboard all over Nepal. You don't hear about this a lot in Nepal. You hear mostly about mountaineering, of course. The mountains are what draw people, but they have some amazing rivers, and amazing jungle areas, and and just so much more than just the mountains too. So um, obviously, you know, this show is in conjunction with our new sponsor, which is Bluefin Paddleboards or Bluefin SUP, which stands for Stand Up Paddleboard. Definitely check out Bluefin if you're interested. I recently got one, as you heard in the ad, and I absolutely love it. Uh, And so yeah, we wanted to celebrate by uh, launching the the campaign with a really cool self-supported paddleboard adventure story. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into Liam's story. You did a self-supported paddleboard trip uh, down a river in Nepal. What is the name of that river? The Kali Gang, Gandaki. Kali, yeah, Kali Gandaki.
1: That was it. So I did the lower Kali Gandaki. And and where is that in Nepal? Oh, uh, never eat shredded wheat. <laughs> west. It's west Nepal. So sort of uh, west of Kathmandu. Okay. So so I've got it... to do that every time. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> uh, remind myself which is east
0: and west. So but, oh, I wish I get that. <laughs> i like that so that, I, i've never heard
1: that eat never eat shredded wheat yes yeah, it's, it's a cereal so that naughty elephant squirt water i've got to remember my which way around it goes oh my gosh man that's hilarious i like that <laughs> it just sound very outdoorsy does it <laughs> hey man i
0: don't know you know that sounds something like something from the boy scouts or something exactly um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah man so you so when did you do this i did it this april just gone oh my gosh you just got back from this
1: yeah, yeah. Um yeah. How was it? It was great. It was an absolute blast. It was kind of different to do a uh, to do a paddleboard like yeah, I've never done a paddleboard. I've done one overnight or on a paddleboard but never done a multi-day. And uh I went with a friend who'd never done any paddleboarding or any sort of kayaking or kayak camping or river trips before, so it was a real real kind of change. That
0: sounds perfect then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, man, tell us, you know, how how just give us the idea of uh, of um yeah, like where did this idea for the trip come from? And then uh we'll get into kind of some of the differences with paddleboarding versus kayaking cuz I know you're an instructor and really experienced in the kayak.
1: Yeah. Um this trip came from the, um the sort of failure of an old trip. So um so uh I knew that we were I was going to have a baby and time would be tight. And, um, so I sort of, and I had a load of people telling me that my, uh, my wings were going to be clipped and I wouldn't have time for anything fun. So I had that, and I was like, right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove them wrong. And uh, so I had this idea to paddleboard like a huge, like, again, not like very wild, but paddleboard a huge section of the river Thames in England from like, um, all the way across sort of England, really a huge trip on that. Uh, and then people turned out to be right. And I had very little time, much less time than, <laughs> than I realized. So I had this idea to do a paddleboard trip. Um, I had it kind of half organized, had the maps out and was, and then that kind of, that sort of fell apart with time and, um, and time to get away and, um, not really organizing it fully. So that sort of collapsed. And then a few months later, I was like, God, I really need to get something organized and I need to do something. And this kind of idea of a paddleboard trip was in my head, but kind of forgotten this like long paddleboard trip. So I was kind of thinking, all right, I need to do something, um, and then in one of those moments of I need to do like a nice adventure, a nice little project next year, I um I had a couple of beers and I was thinking I need to do something. And then I bought a plane ticket to Nepal, uh, like a non-returnable, non-refundable plane ticket to Nepal for a few months ahead. Like, so I think this was in like December, I bought a ticket and I just bought a ticket for April saying, right, I'm gonna go to Nepal and do something. But at that stage I didn't know what. But I kind of forced my hand by buying a ticket, which was non-refundable. Say, well, I know I'm going to Nepal now. I just need to figure out what I'm doing, whether it's going to be a trek or a kayaking trip, and then the old kind of memories of the um the sort of failed sort of uh, paddleboarding trip sort of floated to my mind. I was like, oh, I sh- I sh- now I've got a ticket to Nepal, and my paddleboard trip earlier this year didn't pan out. I'll just blend those together. And I'll I'll go and do a paddleboard trip in Nepal, and that's where it kind of yeah it kind of came from.
0: That's actually a pretty smart tactic to make sure a trip is uh, successful. Is <laughs> buy a plane ticket that you, you don't want to turn around to your wife and say hey I spent all this money on a plane
1: ticket and didn't do anything with it <laughs> exactly I kind of for, forced my own hand which is a trick I've yeah I've used a few, a few selves a few times on myself and it kind of works oh man so,
0: so you say that you actually have run out of time with having a kid um, that's interesting because like we were just saying I, I just had one and uh yeah I definitely see my schedule being a lot different moving forward so what
1: has the experience been like for you and how old is your kid uh she's 14 months old now okay uh, still pretty young yeah absolutely yeah so it's been um so but it's been easier to delay things even like little micro trips like maybe a one night camp out and stuff like that so i've i've made a habit of kind of like really trying to because i enjoy these things and they're part of what i what i'd like to do and um what i'd like her to do as well so i kind of um i kind of forced myself i have a very understanding girlfriend as well so we had a, a good chat and uh uh, I kind of said um, I'd like some, some time away. And then one night after a couple of beers, I decided to buy a ticket. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but, but forcing, forcing my hand is something that is, um, is a trick that I've sort of learned to do. It's not I'm not sure if it's smart, but it definitely most of the time works.
0: Hey, man, if it's the difference between doing it and not doing
1: it, I'd say it, if it works, it works. You know. Yeah. I've got a friend who um, he rode the Atlantic, him and his friend. And he kind of taught me this trick is that he, he went to the uh, to a boat builder to get a custom boat made up to row the Atlantic. And the guy, I can't remember the exact numbers, but the guy's like, oh, you know, it's going to be a hundred thousand pounds. He's like, have you got the money? He was like, yeah, sure I do. He's like, OK, well, I need a deposit. And he had like five thousand pounds. So he goes, well, there's my deposit. And then sort of like left the guy and then thought I have no other money here. That was it. So that was my deposit. So he kind of backed himself into a corner of paying this deposit on a boat and then figured out a way of paying it and getting sponsors and stuff. And it all came good. And the guy rode the Atlantic and I thought that was a good, yeah, he really put his, uh, card, <laughs> he put his cards on the table and then had to deal with it. Gosh, I just don't think
0: people realize just how much that takes place. Not only in like, uh, in the business world, in the adventure world, in, uh, you know getting the job you want like it's it's a matter of just all these totally unexpected events come together with a lot of luck and a lot of kind of saying well I kind of screwed myself here I've got only one choice (laughs) but to keep going and then you just keep going (laughs) and that makes it it happen
1: yeah we said knowing that a bit earlier right right
0: you know my wife and I were talking like having a kid and I'm like I don't know I don't know (laughs) and then at one night I was just like all right, let's do it. Whatever. Let's just, uh, let's just see what this is going to do and see where this is going to go. And, you know, it kind of forced your hand. Now this is the reality. And uh, I've heard a lot of ventures, maybe you've had experience before we get into the trip. Um, you know, the having kids kind of changes their motivation with adventure in the sense of like, I want to be seen as a, as an, as an inspiring person to my kids. So I have this new level of motivation to get me out the door, not just a plane ticket that I bought, not just because I want to, but because I yeah. want this little one to see, man, dad's a badass.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a balance. Of, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe something, but like I definitely want to be a good version of myself. And that's an important part, though. So um, though it sounds kind of self-indulgent it's like, uh, yeah, I, would, I do want to be a a better version of myself and that's what i enjoy doing and makes me feel better and makes me sort of uh, see the world better and all sorts of little things like that so it has a load of knock-on effects so um if she ever calls me a badass i'll be very proud but it's just more <laughs> about being uh, so whatever whatever i guess um others want to be and whatever their challenges are that they're, they're being a good version of themselves this is probably a good lesson i'd like to see out there all
0: right so so you bought the plane ticket mm. at, at this point did your friend already decide he was going to go or did you
1: still have to convince him? So he didn't, yeah, he didn't know yet. I bought the plane and I was going to do something in Nepal and I hadn't figured out what it was. And then I thought I'll do this paddleboard trip. And I started looking at some guides and some blogs and some guidebooks and looking around and thinking and started piecing things together. And then I thought I had this idea of the lower Kalingandaki and I could, I could go and paddleboard that and that'd be good. And then I was thinking, Oh, I need to get a, uh, I knew I didn't want to do it solo this time, I think, cause I'd done a solo trip before. And, um, and I thought, Oh, I want to go with, um, I want to go with somebody who should I, who should I sort of go with? And, uh, and then I messaged my friend who I used to live with and we're quite different. And, um, he's not really into like, uh, kayaking or camping and river trips and stuff like I said, and I said, I've got an idea. Do you want to like a little adventure? And he joined me last year. Actually we did a trip across Scotland walking and, um, he enjoyed it after it finished he kind of like found it tough whilst we we're doing it but then after i really enjoyed it i think um and he said yeah let's have let's have, a, let's have a beer and have a chat so there's a bit of beer in this so we met in the same pub that i'd bought my tickets in thinking there's some good sort of good luck and stigma around that we had a couple of beers and i showed him the maps and said uh do you fancy this so you know go to nepal paddleboard trip and he said well i've never paddleboarded before like maybe i've done it a couple of times half an hour and I was like, so he said quite bluntly, like, be honest. Do you think I can do this? And I was like, yeah, 100%. Like, I wouldn't be pushing your luck. I don't, yeah, I think you can do this. I think it'd be tough and maybe a bit weird, but you can do it. And he was like, well, I'll have to talk to my wife because he is also a brand new father who's a couple like, three or four months younger than my daughter. So he's got a daughter too. So it's kind of two sort of uh, dads having a chat and thinking, right, we, we should go on an adventure. And he has a very forgiving wife as well. And she said, yeah, go for it. So he was on board and then we started planning it.
0: Every time I have a meeting with my friends, man, I know something, I know my wife and their girlfriends must get a little bit scared of, <laughs> of what kind of ideas are going to pop up because that's all it takes. A little conversation, some maps, and uh, the brain starts yep. turning, and the next thing you know, you're you're getting plane tickets to halfway around the world. Yep. Um, most of the people we talk to going to Nepal are doing, you know, they're trekking. Or they're hiking, you know, climbing some big mountain, and uh, very—I feel like very few people, in comparison, at least you know, they ever get the spotlight, are going to Nepal to do a river trip. Um, did you find that to be the same when it went with with researching and, and trying to plan this trip?
1: I guess my vision's kind of um, like through a certain lens because I do a lot of kayaking, right, and sort right. of. Uh then a lot of people I know when they go to Nepal, it's definitely just from people I know are going to do kayaking trips. And um, so I've done some trekking out there. And I think that's obviously the big, you know, the big industry out there. But um, yeah, so I'm familiar with lots of river trips and stuff out there, but there is definitely not much, as as far as I can tell, there hasn't been much sort of like paddle boarding done out there before. You know, I know about the, you know,
0: multi-day rafting trips. And I've even heard, you know, I've done some kayaking and I've heard of paddle boarding, but I don't know anything about the, touring paddleboarding or the multi-day trips um and for you I, I i assume it was inflatable and you just brought your own or did you rent something there how did that work
1: yeah that's the beauty of it like um it was an inflatable paddleboard so um it just went on as like normal luggage and we just flew it out there which wow. makes it super easy and when you start looking at flights and maps now that i've got this in my mind of inflatable paddleboards or maybe pack graphs, i've started looking at the maps and sort of google earth in a whole different light thinking well you can easily get your you can easily get your board out there and and start finding some things, whereas in the past with kayaking trips, it's been the very w- difficult thing of flying a kayak out there, which is touch and go, or trying to find kayaks in places, which th- there aren't always, and if they are, sometimes they're kind of beaten up. So, having a, a board that you can fly with makes it super easy.
0: I don't know. How much practice
1: did you do with it? Was it an easy transition for you? So, I've been doing it a little bit recently, but I'm a slow, I was a kind of convert to it because... In fact, so I, I you know, work in a kayak shop teaching kayaking and I guide kayaking and I remember saying to like a rep who was trying to sell us some powder boards, this is about five years ago, I said, This will never catch on. It's killing two sports at once. It's killing oh, surfing. Yeah, and it's killing it's killing kayaking. And he was like, Well, I think it might take off. And I was you're an idiot. So I, I kinda of, and then you know, it's slowly growing and I've got behind it and and I, I found myself after work you know, grabbing a board and going out on the water and started really enjoying it. So I'd done a bit and I, I teach it a bit on flat water and um, taster sessions and getting people going into it. And I really like how quick and easy it is. Like You pump it up, you jump on a pair of board shorts, and it's quite a pure way to enjoy the water. Um, so I've done a bit, but um, not any sort of moving water on it before, like kind of white water. I know I've done one camping trip off it, but I'd never done a multi-day of it. And Rich had done uh, two half an hour sessions, pretty much over sort of three years. He'd been on them twice over for thoughts thirty minutes. So he was definitely in the deep end.
0: Yeah, you know, I have a paddleboard board and a few kayaks. And uh, what is it for you? Why? What? What do you think it is about paddleboarding that's taken off versus being in a kayak or even compared to surfing? Why? Why do you think it's
1: taken off like it has? And why do you? Why do you like it? I think it's taken off. Um, you know mainly because the inflatable boards some of them they're out there are so stiff when they're pumped up they're so rock solid that you can get a really nice performance from them uh but people want things that are e- easy to you know they don't want roof racks they don't want storage they want to be able to have something in their garage that's just taking up a little bit of space that they can pump it up every now and then and go oh, i'm gonna go out tonight it's easy to get started in you know it doesn't require lots of sort of thinking about roof racks and storage and and even for kayaking, that like one of the things that stops people getting so far in kayaking is like, oh, you know, what about the Eskimo roll and stuff like that? But the idea of just falling off the board and climbing back on and figuring it out is kind of appealing for a lot of people. They can they can get started pretty quick.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not, maybe it's, I don't know, a
1: little more intuitive than in a kayak and having to roll and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I still meet, I meet a lot of people who don't want to kayak because of roof racks and storage. And then the next thing they think is, oh, but and, and sit on tops are out there but they go i don't want to like be captive in inside a kayak and i don't feel natural sort of sat down in a, in a little plastic tub um but sort of standing up very, very they're almost kind of separate to the the board you know they feel very sort of free and easy on it so like and and also i've been teaching a lot of taste sessions recently with uh, paddle boards and it's amazing how quickly people go oh that was much easier than i thought you know i think um so that's kind of a, a good thing for people as well. They get off and go, well, I can completely do this. And maybe that's nice because they pictured an hour before that they wouldn't be able to do it. So it's a real quick sort of learning curve where they get to grips with it pretty fast.
0: Wow, yeah, I know that makes a lot of sense. And also for me, I don't know if this is the same for you. I love looking down into water in like a yeah. clear lake or a river where I can kind of see the fish, see the rocks. And I just like the perspective from a paddleboard being able to look straight down versus in a kayak you're just it's a lot closer. It's harder to get that angle towards the water. Um, I yeah. really enjoy that part of it.
1: Yeah, you definitely sort of project it up nice and high on the board and and also you can sort of shuffle around. You can turn around, face backwards, yeah, true. you know, you could you, you can sit down and, you know, um yeah, just hang around on the board for a bit and then you can make it as hard as easy as you like. You could sprint as fast as you like on some flat water. Or you could just lie back and sort of sunbathe on a flat lake. It's kind of a nice it's a nice platform.
0: Yeah, it is really versatile and is it is all that? Is all those things uh, come in handy when when it comes to multi day trips on the paddleboard?
1: Well, the yeah. So we took these um, sort of twelve foot six um, inflatable boards out, which sort of fit in a rucksack. So we flew out there, but they're quite big, sort of touring boards. So they've got um, they can take a lot of kit on them. They're designed to take quite a lot of weight, and they've got kind of like a bungee on the front and back, so you can lash your kit on. And one of the great things about it compared to like a kayak, maybe was that you could just stack a kit on it. You didn't have to try and get it into a compartment on the back. So we had some really good quality dry bags and then a bunch of roof rack straps. So we pumped up the boards, you know, got all our kit on dry bags, and then just roof rack strapped it to the boards. So, um, so the kit's just sort of sitting proud. But then if you need anything on the day, you can just pop open the dry bag, reach your hand in, close it back up, and then at the end of the day, you're not trying to reshuffle and play a game of Tetris to get it back in the kayak. You just stack it on top of the board, cinch it down, and off you go
0: that was one of my questions so with storing on that you know flat big surface it's just dry bags attached with maybe some bungee cords um just anywhere you can fit it or did you have to place it somewhere specifically and then stand somewhere specifically
1: yeah not not too specific so it wouldn't affect the boards too much but there's like some space behind you can i sort with some bungee and some space right in front of you and um we sort of played around with where to put the weight a little bit, but really we just put it on the front and the back and then there was bungee, but just to be extra secure because we we're on sort of white water, we, um, we strapped it on with roof rack straps kind of through the handles and stuff just so it was really fixed to the board.
0: That is, I don't know. It's really neat. I, I definitely see this in my future a little more. So I'm, yeah. I'm pretty curious. Um, so the only like multi-day, uh kayaking or paddleboarding, actually no paddleboarding, multi-day, but the only multi-day kayaking I've done has been in Florida. I don't know if you're familiar with Florida, but it's uh our rivers in Florida are like pretty much a hundred mile skinny lakes. You know what I mean? They're really flat, really calm, almost yeah. hardly no movement of the water, but they're like a hundred yards wide and a hundred miles long. No rapids, totally calm. Was that yeah. the experience for you on this me- river? I don't think it was, but you tell me. <laughs> no,
1: it wasn't. So it was. Um, it's classed as a whitewater river, but it's kind of a, on the easier scale of it. So it's it's kind of class two with like a couple of three um, class three rapids, and um and we'd got in the low water season so that things wouldn't be too fast paced. So that um it was before the sort of monsoon. So uh, we weren't expecting you know um, big flows. But it was definitely more white water than I thought. I was, think, I was thinking it would be kind of flat because it would be low water and then there would be the odd rapid. But there was kind of rapids and, you know, decent sized rapids and sort of splashing waves and weird eddy lines every day for definite. So it was a, it was a bit harder than I imagined it to be on the white waterfront. But, um, but we, yeah, it was fine. Wow. So what was
0: the transition like standing up on a board and basically surfing all those rapids?
1: Well, we'd um, we'd been a little bit maybe smart about it. But so what we'd done is we'd brought our boards, we strapped our gear on, but then we both brought two piece like kayak paddles, which we had on the bungee on the front, because we'd gone out the week before we left uh, to have a go out on some moving water and kind of fell off a lot. And I kind of I was so used to being all over where wherever I wanted on the river, so sort of comfortable in a kayak. I tried the same moves on a paddleboard and thought, oh i am no good at this and then i kind of looked at rich and he was looking at me thinking i was supposed to be the better one and he was like you're no good at this either (laughs) so we're like okay well let's let's take some kayak paddles as well so we took some two-piece kayak paddles and every now and then if the rapids kind of got hard um or they kind of looked quite continuous or those on the last day for example there were some really strong winds we had those in our bags as well and we started realizing if we sat down on this paddleboard um, you could kayak it as well when things got tough. So you could, it would handle like a mini white water raft that you could kayak and keep your balance a lot better for. But then also, we were standing up, and it was, um, there isn't much room for sort of error. You're either standing up and cruising it, but then you sort of glance one rock or, just look over your shoulder at the wrong time, and you you fall off kind of spectacularly. There is oh, <laughs> the little man. shuffle. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a bit of a – but, yeah, it's fine, though, because you've got this huge big platform next to you. You take a second. You climb back on, back onto your knees, and then keep going. So the kind of self-rescuing and being able to just keep going after falling in actually became no problem at all. If you fell in, it became, like, not even a problem, not even a sort of nod of the head. It was just like, oh, well, carry on. Let's go.
0: Wow, were there people, did you see quite a few people on this trip, you know, looking at you saying, what the heck are those guys doing? Let's take a quick message break and hear from the folks that help make this show possible. That is plenty of that for now. Let's get back into the episode.
1: I think so, yeah. So I think they must see a few kayakers, and I know, I think, uh, there's been two paddleboard trips down there before. Like commercial, like commercial rafting companies have brought paddleboards down with them, um, but they can't have seen many paddleboards. And they were definitely kind of glancing, and have a, or people who are living on the side of the river in that area um, staring, and 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 then if we were close, asking what they were, and kids swimming into the river and climbing all over them and stuff. Um, so yeah, they were definitely uh, getting a few weird, look, a few weird looks.
0: What's something that happened on the trip? What was it like? Like like as far as adventure, did it meet all those um needs that you were expecting when when you when you were first planning the trip
1: yeah i mean it did it was uh, for me it did and I, I hope for richard did as well um but um i've obviously because this was so new for him i think maybe was, everything felt like it was his first time to the poor first time on river trip so he was definitely having you know, the, he was the sort of bigger man than me and taking a much bigger challenge so it all felt new to him and he was so good with just saying like oh i, I don't know about this so so show me this and there's loads of things like we're going to go biking next year and he's definitely into his biking and i'm gonna i'm gonna be following him as much as i can so that side of the adventure is pretty big for him but then also there was things like all these things you you can't predict what the things that are going to jump out is the things you didn't even think about so we looked at the maps we looked at the guidebooks but um like the first thing for example is we sort of we had an internal flight um with the boards and we got to the sort of a town and we got a, a taxi to the river and we're pumping up the boards on the side of the river and then there's this rapid there which we weren't really expecting and it's quite a decent size and especially as we're just starting and I was thinking we'd have hopefully a bit of an easy start but you could see a line you could see a line to get all the way to the river left and it'd be fine and there was a kind of big flat bit on the right but let's just keep going left and it looked fine we might fall in but no problem and as we're looking at it in the sort of flat bit on the right uh, these huge massive boulders were landing we thought, what's going on there so we looked up Above the cliff, and a couple hundred foot above the cliff, they're trying to dig out a road, and they're just throwing these massive boulders into the river, like just launching them down the sides, clearing the road, pushing stuff in. So we had to go left because that was where the line for the rapid was. But then we then had met this sort of like, oh, and if we don't go left, there's all these boulders falling into the river. So of all the things we predicted and read and the guidebooks, we never sort of predicted there'd be construction going on above us, and the sort of dangerous part wouldn't be the rapids or the weather or the animals or whatever it just be this construction on the very first rapid so that was kind of a curveball right at the start um how did it go yeah, yeah it went fine we got past it but it did so it was the first um yeah the first nervy part was almost immediately um and it was something we just couldn't have predicted and there was loads of space but it was one of those things that it's it's going to go really really well but let's not go over there <laughs> so it was that kind of first bit of tension but um and then we started paddleboarding and and it was great um a few things that kind of again, a few things that sort of changed which I hadn't really thought about before is when I've been on kayaking trips in Nepal before and I've guided out there with raft trips, we've had a lot of um people with us, so it's been a kind of a biggish group. Uh and we've had a lot of like Nepali guides and Nepali um uh rafters with us. And I'd never really sort of thought about how important they had been on the riverbank. So when we'd got to a riverbank to set up on previous trips, if people would come up and sort of show interest in our kit and interest in what we were doing um they you know we had a sort of a people that could speak the language with us and sort of maybe you know if they were getting overly inquisitive inquisitive or kind of um encroaching on the space a little bit then they'd be like oh you know get these guys in space they're setting up their tents and stuff but we had nobody so it was just us two on there and one of the things that kind of um i mean i should say right from the off everyone we met was was great but it did feel a little bit exposed being these two guys on a river and we sort of pull up on a quiet beach and then Within you know a few minutes, there'd be a sort of swarm of people sort of talking to us, like hold looking at our paddleboards, asking to get hold our paddles, and asking how much the paddleboards were and stuff like that. And it was like, oh, um, we're very out here with um uh, out here in the wild, and and there's people sort of joining us at our camp, and it felt a little bit, uh, my own reasons, a little bit exposed. It's like, oh, if someone wanted to, for example, take this paddleboard right now, they could do. You know, there's a big group of people here, right. and uh, and we don't we have nothing to say about it. I should say I mean this happened a few times and everyone was super good and everyone we met was lovely they were just super interested in what we were doing and our kit and and how it was going
0: so was there ever an experience that that caused you concern
1: I mean no looking back on it there wasn't but it was tense and um I was overthinking things when it did happen so we got to one beach one night and we're just sort of like oh this is a pretty quiet beach and we're there's little towns and lights in the sort of sort of in the in the jungle on the side sort of lighting up so you can sort of see the civilization around but oh this looks a pretty quiet beach we're getting here pretty late uh we didn't have our torches on so oh, we've got quite a little spot here we'll, we'll just sort of set up so we had our we put our torches on there in a little red light we were just setting up our ground mats on our sleeping bags then we sort of hear this hiya and it was like oh and there's a guy who's joined us in our camp and his name was dev he turned out to be like a 16 year old kid and he was just fascinated with what we were doing so he was like uh, touching our paddle boards, and we're like, Oh, yeah, this is a paddle board. And he's um, kind of speaking to us in broken English. And he's like, Oh, have you got a mobile phone charger? And I'm like, No, he's like, Oh, I really need one. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm not your man right now. And then he's sort of talking to some more. And then we're like, Okay, you know, lovely meeting you. We're going to sort of head to bed. And he's like, Oh, yeah, okay. So then we get into our thermarests, and we haven't got our tents. We're just sleeping out under the stars. And we sort of get into our sleeping bags. Like, okay, night, mate. And he's like, Oh, yeah, night. And then he sort of sits down next to us. We're in our sleeping bags. And then so we've got our beanies on we're reading our kindles and sat next to us staring i'm like is he gonna sleep here and then it's like okay and there was a, a lot of this like see you later and he suddenly finally went, oh yeah see you later and he, and he left but for a while i was like oh is this guy just gonna go sleep next to us all night or is he gonna sort of look at our kit when we go to sleep but that was my own problem he didn't at all he was just interested and then as we made it really clear we were going to bed he just kind of wandered off back to home uh so yeah nothing ever happened um I mean, even more so, Um, people were incredibly kind. Uh, we went to another camp much further on. It was this beautiful gorge, and we definitely didn't see anyone. We thought we were really alone, and we sort of settled there, and we got our kits spread out, you know, so we are drying tents and expensive tops and stuff like that, and then a group of guys who were kind of herding goats came through, and there was, like, six uh, very well-built strapped guys, and they kind of showed interest in our paddleboards, and they asked us how much they were. Again, I started feeling a little bit nervy, and I sort of, um, oh, you know, just in case, I was showing a lot of interest in our kit, and then just before he goes, he goes, "Do you guys need a cigarette?" And we're like, "Oh no, we're good." He goes, "Okay," and he leaves. So and again, everyone was good as gold. But I definitely felt like, "Oh, I wish I could speak the language a little bit better, or um, have a better communication." But um, but everyone was really good. As uh, yeah, I've always experienced Nepal, but I just thought I felt it a bit more this time because I didn't have a group of sort of Nepalese with me who could speak a little better and communicate better with people we were meeting on the river.
0: No, that's good. That's that that definitely adds to the adventure. I'm glad you were wise about it and uh, um, just had those senses up uh, anyway. But yeah, you're out on the river. You're doing something that isn't you know touristy in the sense yeah. of like it's not a a culture built around this path or this trek or this route of uh, tons of people doing this. You're kind of doing something in 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 my opinion out of the box for the area um yeah and yeah the, the the trail is not just this path you can walk down it's you know dangerous moving water and so when you get on yeah. the side you're kind of you kind of are subject to people's uh however they want to treat treat you so yeah that's,
1: that's
0: exactly that's fascinating i wouldn't have thought about that um no you, so, we didn't either <laughs> yeah yeah and i guess you didn't read anything about that when doing research about the trip
1: no, but and there was there was nothing to worry about. But it was something that you know your you sort of spider senses start tingling when there's a group of people you don't know kind of hanging around all your kit and you're just kind of alone on a beach. You feel a bit a little bit exposed. Um, but yeah, it was it was always fine. Oh man, that's fascinating.
0: Now, now you said you slept outside. I, I didn't have a tent. Was the weather that
1: that nice then? We took tents actually, and we sort oh, okay, of used okay. them half half an hour but we were on that night when when dev joined us to uh to watch us go to sleep we we didn't set up our tents and we were sleeping under the stars and then about three in the morning uh i heard rich kind of wake me up and uh he's like oh do you think we should be worried about that and there was kind of thunder and lightning up, upstream and uh, I was like, no, I think we'll be OK. And then about half an hour later, it started kicking it down. And it was raining and <laughs> thundering and lightning. So we kind of quickly, as quickly as we could, popped up our tents, threw our stuff in, tied our paddleboards to some trees and stuff and because it was getting a bit windy and kind of uh, hid out from the storm. So there was actually rain a few nights and some storms and some electrical storms. But um, so sometimes we slept out and sometimes we used the tent.
0: What, what was the scenery like was it were you guys like in the himalayas like you could see some big mountains around you or uh... no
1: so we, yeah we were in the foothills more so it was kind okay. of a lower elevation kind of more jungly so there was there was um it's a beautiful river and it goes um it goes kind of through some uh lots of kind of jungly atmosphere and and sort of people using making some paddy fields and making rice and stuff and a bit of agriculture um but yeah and, and then uh, some kind of nice gorgy areas where it really closes in it's got bedrock and it's really dense with kind of trees and vegetation but sort of no no snow-capped mountains it's not like kind of himalaya sort of impression you might think more sort of jungly
0: i guess i was looking at the river it goes pretty far into the mountains of course um so i was curious to know which part of it you were doing Uh... yeah so
1: we we did the lower Kalingandaki from a place called Ramdi down to Narangat. So I think the, the the other section, which is a bit harder, further up, I think you can probably see snow sort of Himalaya from there. But we we're a bit further down, looking for a bit of a less gradient for a for a paddleboard trip.
0: So what made you choose that river in that area? I mean, there's just a billion places you could have gone. How do you even decide? You know what I'm saying? That's a there's a lot to choose from.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I decided on a pull when I bought that ticket cause I'd been there before I knew there could be a great trek there. I mean, it is a country which is just full of places to have an adventure. Whether exactly. It's trekking or kayaking or rafting. So when I bought the ticket, I knew there'd be something good there. And then when I started thinking about paddleboarding, there's a white water and a poor guidebook for, I started flicking through and I pretty much started by the grade. I knew that I couldn't paddle a hard grade on a paddleboard. So twos and threes. So I started looking for some twos and threes that uh, had a bit of length to them as well. So this is like 135 kilometers. So I started looking for something that would be worth a few days. And that kind of narrowed it down by the time I'd chosen a long trip, which was kind of easy-ish to get to after flying to Nepal. You know, it wasn't really far out in the sticks. Um, you could get to with an internal flight and a sort of four-hour taxi. Um, so we got there. And so that kind of narrowed it down, the length of the trip, some sort of easiness to get there, and uh, and the grade. And that kind of narrowed it down to the to lower Kalangandaki. Uh, and then when I started researching it, I found that, um, a company called the water skills Academy who run sort of commercial trips had done it as a raft support trip before. So they, um, so a couple of paddleboard trips had done it and they had raft support and stuff. So that kind of gave me a little bit of a blog and some videos to look at as well and give me a bit of a feel for it.
0: So once you, you know, you narrowed it down, you had the trip. So what, what would you say your. uh. Your friend who had only been paddleborn a h- couple times before and who didn't really like camping what do you what would you say his review of the trip would be i don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. you, don't, I you mean, guys don't talk anymore do you no we
1: do talk yeah <laughs> so we've got, got a funny relationship we um we lived together for years and um our, um and uh we we like to argue i think it's one of our favorite things we've had some massive arguments about uh about religion about politics about uh the film narnia uh, we had a ma- One of our biggest fallouts was about the film The Perfect Storm, which he thought was bad and I thought was good, and we had about a two-day fallout about this. Um, (laughs) But the beauty of this is that we can... um, It's not so much that we get on, but we can fall out with no problem. So we can fall out for a whole day and then it'd be fine the next day and we can bounce back incredibly fast. So i probably get on with some people better, but in terms of having a good old argument and being able to... No one get affected or or take any sort of... um, pain from it (laughs) um he's a pretty good guy to go with so um so i knew that we um it might be a tough trip but i knew we could also we could hash it out if we had any problems and have a chat and stuff
0: so Uh, are you guys like paddling down the river through rapids screaming at each other about like movie plot
1: holes and stuff and
0: uh
1: just on the flat flat hole we're starting to talk about the marvel universe and how Avengers has got some plot holes but uh on the rapids him on the rapids, we kind of both leveled in and had a chat properly and then we'd get to camp and start arguing about something else but uh yeah it was good fun so um so yeah i think he had a good time uh like i said i mean i'm not, i'd love to see it through his eyes because he's definitely the more adventurous out of the two of us which has led me to think that i need to do some more adventurous stuff i've stuck to my guns a little bit and what i know in kinds of kayaking and rivers and i guess that kind of defeats the point of adventures if i'm doing what i know too well so my next trip i want to do something that he's gonna take the lead on some biking or something that's gonna he's gonna make not my life hard but he's gonna challenge me a bit more but um yeah he um yeah he stuck to it he wanted to complete it he did really well in the rapids um you know we never really we never really grumbled about anything serious just uh just plot holes and movies and uh you know he fell off a couple of times and so did i straight back on the horse so it was, it was good to see and also um yeah it was nice to have without going too much into this sort of theme it was nice to have two sort of new dads sort of bounce ideas on and talk to each other about how that was going as well so it was fun oh man absolutely like I,
0: i i'd say i'm pretty lucky too my friends are all having kids right now some of them already did and you know we're all going through this together we all like to adventure and uh yeah it's a great it's a great combination you know yeah um and so, so you mentioned do something that he's more, is he, does he have, uh, things that he's
1: more into that you're not so into sports? Yeah. I'm so bad on a bike. Like I wouldn't okay. dare all... go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so I think the next thing we'll do is, um, cause I think we want to do something you know, every now and then. So we'll, I think we're going to go on a biking, a biking trip. And, um, I definitely need to get in better shape on a bike and feel a bit more comfortable on one. So he's gonna, yeah, he'll pick the lead on that. I think, man, that's, uh, what is it
0: about a bike i i'm i'm a more of a cyclist why don't you like a bike it seems a lot Um, less uh a lot easier than managing all these rapids
1: (laughs) i know and this is it it's what you know isn't it like i um yeah i am i i if i fall off a paddleboard i land on water if i fall off a bike i land on a pavement so right straight away i'm thinking oh well (laughs) paddleboarding's got a soft landing at least so um yeah, it's just what you know, I guess. I've I've spent a lot of time on rivers, and th- and there, though it is kind of adventurous, um, I guess um doing something that I don't know is what I'd like to do next, and and so uh yeah, let's see where that goes.
0: So when when you when you got back from the trip, um, you you do this as a career, correct? Like guiding and classes, um, teaching people. Uh, d- yeah. What, was it hard to transition back into normal life or was it fun just telling your clients and telling the people at the shop about the about the experience
1: um yeah no it was, it was great so I teach some like lots of sort of intro to kayaking for adults basically an intro to powder boarding and then I guide uh, in the winter a bit in Ecuador and nepal and um but um this idea that you you got to do what you love uh needs a little bit of managing as well because people I think I, th- I see people in the outdoors maybe who Keep doing their outdoor work, but kind of forget their, forget why they started it maybe, and lose kind of the passion. So I've made a conscious effort to to do things in kayaking or paddleboarding or or just getting outdoors to keep reigniting that that passion, keep it burning. So that when you are talking to people, even if it's a someone who's just started kayaking, that you can be enthusiastic about where it could go, and it's not where you want it to go. It's if they're thinking, oh, I, you know, I want to go sea kayaking, or I want to do paddleboarding flat water, or I you know I just want to take my kids out. If you're Kind of burning with this energy of what you love, then you can you can pass it on without trying to influence what they're where, where they're going to go with it.
0: And you say doing these kinds of trips help you help you stay ignited about the Ab- sport.
1: Absolutely, yeah, wow. yeah. I come back, I come back buzzing, absolutely buzzing. So that when you hear a question you might have heard a few times before, like I don't know, what's a spray deck, or um, you know um, anything about any sort of new questions then you can just pass on with real enthusiasm because you, you know where it's going. If they stick with it and they want to get into it, then it, it's got great opportunities. So it keeps me fresh in, in passing on the enthusiasm. I hope. Have
0: you seen that w- with people who maybe don't pursue it, continue pursuing it? What does it turn into in time?
1: Um, who don't, who, who do it for who work? Are, or people
0: who, who do do it for work.
1: Um, that's an interesting observation. And I yeah, I'd love to hear more about, I, I mean, I'm, I'm I might've made it up. I don't know, but I think I sometimes see people getting disenchanted and I think it's such, there's a, people have got into maybe the outdoors because I imagine because for, for work, cause they really like the outdoors and what they're doing. And then sometimes I wonder if they, um, it can get mundane because they're not kind of um, stocking up their own sort of um, experiences and excitement and um, reliving why they started it and why they got into it in the first place that, they they kind of exhaust their own passion so when people are asking them questions and and or they're taking i don't know an eight-year-old out kayaking they've uh they've maybe lost the buzz themselves and i could be completely wrong but i I see it a little bit i think Mm -hmm. and i can feel i I can definitely feel it myself i can feel that my motivation for things dwindles but it's um but I can stockpile it and I can reignite it and it's a joy to do if I keep doing it myself. I, it, it doesn't it keeps you know it keeps it going. Um and not just for the sake of other people. Like I, I completely um what's the word I'm looking for? Like perpetual motion. Like I can sort of like I can if I keep doing it for myself, then I can keep giving it out and and people maybe. Um but I definitely feel much better about what I'm doing if I'm doing it myself rather than just uh just talking the talk. I like to try and do something with myself.
0: That's good, man. That's very good. I I, I think I agree with you. I've heard some friends talk about that, that it was a mistake that they chose to do what they love uh, for work, because now they hate it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Because
0: they just, I I think it's because of that misbalance. They don't balance it correctly like that. And it's easy to do, especially when you're busy. Say if you were just filled to the brim with lessons and classes day after day after day,
1: month after month, year after year, I'm sure it would drive you crazy. Maybe, yeah, and, and time's got um is got uh, more valuable for me recently with uh, other other things to, to sort of do. So um it's it takes more concentrated effort to keep that keep that happiness and that sort of a, a passion for it alive. Um, but it's not a real chore, but it just I think that's formula that's often passed on of uh do what you love um is isn't always completely right. It needs a little bit of managing too. It's good advice, good
0: wisdom. So so Maybe. for you <laughs> Yeah, so for, so now you're you're still buzzing. Um y- anything on the horizon for you? Uh, uh, another trip or you say you you do a couple guided trips a year in Ecuador?
1: Yeah, so in January um uh, I'll go off to Ecuador for a month and spend a month out there guiding for a company called Small World Adventures and they guide uh, they sort of do 7-day trips out there so we get people who come for a week of kayaking and want to see see seven great rivers in seven days and we show them, show them some great rivers and have a good time. So I'll have that in January. And then um, I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do a bike trip with rich. We'll have to get our finger out and sort of book a plane ticket or buy an expensive bike or, (laughs) or, uh, or commit in some way that this is going to happen. Maybe maybe just put a a, a note in the calendar and get it, get it finalized. But I'd like to do a bike trip, something that's going to make me feel a little bit more nervous. Oh man. Any, any idea where that might be? I think it's going to have to be long, like a long trip, but okay. flat. I, I can't be bothered with the hills. I'm not interested in going uphill. <laughs> yeah, come on, man, Those are the most fun. <laughs> no, that's what? that's why I got into white wolves. So that gravity's going that way. So I think, um, yeah, I'd like a long trip and maybe you know just living off a bike for a few uh, for a couple of weeks. And again, maybe not hard. Just a new country, a new place. Um, you know, I don't think any, I, I don't think I can even change a bike tire. So I need to figure out how to do that. Like I'm really impractical. So I need to. So and that's part of it. That's what I've started to recognize is that. That learning curve, whatever it is, like like I'm quite good at kayaking or maybe paddleboarding. I'm okay at it, but I need to, uh, I I need to sort of expand that and try some other bits because that's where the real sort of little little treats and joys are found when you're pushing yourself in a different way. Yeah, man, you're getting into my world now, and I'd say you know the hills are hard, but man,
0: the payoff. Usually, the hills they promise a scenic view. You know what I'm saying? You get to the top, it's incredible, and then you have this blissful downhill, just you know ecstasy yeah. of just flying through these mountains on these beautiful days resting your legs and just singing at the top of your lungs man there's nothing like it
1: yeah so i can, I can feel that now like i wouldn't if you told me that last year i would have thought that's nonsense but now I've, I've started looking into biking and i've been on my bike a bit more recently i'm like oh yeah that does start to appeal so maybe it's slowly starting to grow on me so it's um you got to start somewhere i guess you've yeah got to, yeah that's yeah. you gotta start just gotta start and then see where it goes
0: and I wonder if pursuing a different sport will help you stay even more excited about what you do for a living with kayaking.
1: I yeah, don't know. maybe. I mean, I love seeing people start. I mean, and and when I'm talking to people about things that I don't know about, where whether it's going into a bike shop now, or and if someone's enthusiastic, I like, um, yeah, you then kind of it's infectious.
0: Yeah, no, I, I get it. I also do a lot of uh, backpacking for folks, and I think. Um, I think it just gets exhausting after you answer the same mundane question 50 times, uh, especially when it seems so incredibly basic to you Um, to the point where it's like, does anyone really need to ask this question? Like what kind of shoes am I supposed to wear? I just feel like that's intuitive, but it really isn't. And five years ago, I didn't know that. Um, It's just so far behind me now. But when you pursue a new sport, like you're doing with, with biking, not necessarily new, but maybe, Doing something new with the sport, um, a long distance trip, you're going to be asking some really just honestly dumb questions. You're going to be asking yeah. dumb, basic, not dumb questions, <laughs> but just basic questions that an eight year old would ask. And then you you know exactly how the customers feel when they walk into your shop. Now, oh, this is where they're coming from. I don't know anything <laughs> about this sport, so
1: yeah, of co- of course, that's why I feel like in most walks of life, apart from kind of kayaking Absolutely. and paddleboarding, is like I'm a one trick pony. So if I go into I don't know um a, a camera shop or anything I like to yeah to soak it in but um yeah I like I like someone who's there happy to happy to chat you just don't know what you don't know <laughs> that, that's it so but I'm kind of more excited about um yeah finding that a little bit and especially watching Rich um just absolutely like you know, you know, he hadn't done it before and he powderboarded 135 kilometers and camped off a powderboard and you know learned things alongside me as I was learning for the first time as we learned to how to strap the board on or you know um or what was the best way to carry these boards fully loaded or how to get one of these on a plane and and uh, and and then when we finished you know we we flagged a tuk-tuk and deflated our boards and got them on things that we hadn't even figured out but then he knows that better than no one can tell him how to do that now because he's completely learned that through doing it. And in a year's time, if I do a bike trip or maybe I'll do a, I don't know, something, then I will know that information just from absorbing it from other people, but then actually just just getting started and making mistakes and asking the dumb questions and, and doing it.
0: That is true adventure, just exploring un, uncharted territory for yourself, you know? Yeah. My yeah. my brothers are really into things that I am not into, and they want to do the to go to this show, and I'm like I, it's like some anime style heavy metal Japanese band, and I've never heard of it. It sounds totally atrocious the music to me, and I'm like if I take them, that'll be an adventure because yeah, it's totally out of my comfort zone. Uh, I have no idea what to expect, and it'll be something like I've never experienced before. I don't want to, but man, that, that is what an adventure is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And I've, yeah. And I've fallen into the trap of doing I think adventure. Maybe they, may, they might seem adventurous, but I'm a bit familiar with them. So maybe they're not, I should go to like, I don't know, a, a knitting class and just be absolutely terrified. Yeah. You know, or whatever, but something, something a bit fresher and a bit newer that sort of challenges, challenges me. Yeah. I encourage you, man. I
0: definitely encourage it. That's uh. That's funny, and I was
1: I was gonna ask um, in Ecuador, you guys go see any waterfalls or anything? Yeah, we go. I mean, uh, so the rapids and the rivers are kind of uh, good, sort of steep boulder gardens, and they're just an absolute joy to paddle. There's just loads of good quality white water, but it's not like the land of kind of waterfall paddling or waterfall kayaking. But there's definitely waterfalls to go and look at and view from the, and a couple of waterfalls to kayak, but mainly um, to go and view as like a tourist and a, a scenic thing rather than to kayak them yeah, but the yeah. white water there is a is great quality boulder gardens in the jungle just world class kayaking
0: uh, one of my best friends done tons of cycling together um, there's a waterfall called uh, i think it's it, it, i don't know how to pronounce it specific pealon or payon del diablo um, okay it's a big waterfall it's a big tourist attraction kind of near embato um okay on the eastern side of the andes uh yeah my my friend's dad owns the property that waterfalls on it's oh, like wow. one of the biggest natural attractions in ecuador um oh, that wow. the most people go to so if you guys go man hit me up i might send him a message
1: oh yeah that'd you be guys great yeah going.
0: it's right on the river i mean obviously but uh yeah no that's really cool that you guys go there that's that's got to be an adventure for you every year to look forward to yeah
1: it's great yeah it's great and every day is different yeah, because the the weather is so volatile there, with like loads of rain sure. and then no rain, and the rivers change every year because of massive floods, and it's um it keeps you on your toes guiding. But also, if someone comes back the next year, they're like, "Did I paddle this river last year?" And you're like, "Yeah, you did, but it's different this year, so wow, <laughs> it's a new man. river."
0: <laughs> that is really cool to have to be, able, and you've been doing that for a while now
1: uh yeah so i've been there the last three or four years and then i started going there maybe five or six years ago so i had a couple of years off but i've been there every year for the last sort of few years this year I just did a month uh, a few weeks and then this year i'm going to do a month but um before uh the little baby who came I was there for four, sort of four months uh for the season and stuff
0: man that's a cool thing to be able to look forward to holy cow Fly
1: yeah it's great it-
0: to, to kayak with people
1: yeah, but it's just great, people like, showing people, like, people are buzzing after a day, they oh, get off the man. plane, mainly from America, and the next day they're paddling like a world-class river, and it's, and you know you can find a good river the next day, because there's so many in the area, so the next day, they're just grinning even more, and that's, that's, that's the fun of it.
0: Man, that's fantastic. So cool, man. Well, I, I, what a neat trip. Way, way to go with uh making it happen, buying the ticket, and just forcing <laughs> yeah, yeah. your hand, um, you know, and, and, you know, Congrats to your friend for for taking yeah. a real leap, both of you as new dads. And uh, I hope your kids
1: grow up and say, "Dang, I want to be like my dad." <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, but yeah, it was it was great, and uh, it was great to do it with him. And uh, I'm looking back on it now, after it's all done and dusted, it was um, you know, I had sort of maps on my tables for weeks and stuff. It was it's great when it all comes together, and and uh, you know, the highs seem extra high looking back on them now. That's another thing. Sometimes
0: the preparation and the maps on the table are that's a longer uh, process than being out there itself. So that's so much of the fun to me is all the research, all the Google images and street views and uh, research is just, that's an adventure in itself. And uh,
1: that is, yeah, that's, that's where that um, sort of like, Deeper level of enjoyment comes from, I think. Like, mm-hmm. and you, yeah, you, you probably get it, and everyone listening probably gets it. But you, in fact, you own the information you found out for yourself. You've taken the time to look into everything, and then when that information comes into hand later, and you're using it to have a good trip, that's why these trips are so good. They don't—they're not ten days of trips. They're they're months and weeks and days or whatever of the prep before as well, which you get to then reap the reward of your kind of organization or, or lack of organization. Right, right. You get to see
0: really how well you did because <laughs> yeah and that's the thing man is like you know these trips are they might be a month they might be a week a lot of times the prep can be a year or more um, yeah or six months you know very typically it's months um when the trip itself is only a week i mean look at an Ironman man or any sort of triathlon you train for four, five, six months to do a day event it's really the adventure is in that is in that preparation
1: um, yeah i mean and this trip came off the back of a failed trip and I've had lots of ones that don't get off the ground. Like I'd, this trip came out of the architecture of me trying to do a paddleboard trip in London. So by then I was figuring out how to pack my board, uh, how to carry loads of stuff on it and how far I could go each day. And though that trip kind of crumbled and didn't come to be, it doesn't really matter too much because out of that became, yeah. So it's it, just cause you can't Yeah, out of that became a a much sort of maybe more adventurous, kind of wilder, definitely warmer trip. So it's kind of fun. Just (laughs) it's fun just to get started and start planning and see where it takes you, even if it does kind of fall apart because you don't know where it's going to lead the next time. That's a good principle right there. Um, Not many people are going to ever hear about that failed
0: London trip, Um, but if you would have stopped there, you know that's all it would be. Um, Yeah. But it became something, a story that you didn't even say. You imagine being on that London trip, saying. This trip's going to, what is someone telling you? This trip's going to fail, but you're going to be in yeah. Nepal and not very long with your friend and you're going to have an even better experience, but you can't see any of that right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got, I mean, I'm, I'm sat in my office now. I'm, I'm staring at loads of guidebooks of places I've never been. <laughs> you know, it's just, you've got to start making a commitment and making a move and start thinking and some of them fizzle out and some of them come good. That's out
0: I was going to ask you for a parting word of advice for people who want to plan something. It sounds like you, you just got into it a little bit, but it... Uh, if yeah. you want well, just, to finish just start. that thought, yeah, yeah just start. Start,
1: man. So yeah. many
0: people say that,
1: you know. Yeah, I w- yeah. I, w- I wish I'd heard it earlier. I wish someone had said, like, I thought when people were doing crazy adventures that they all knew what they were doing, and then looking back on it now, the the real skill they've got is just adapting when they get there, and you know, it's loads of organizing and planning. But really, it's just adapting and planning and figuring it out as it as it comes to. Really, true words
0: have never been spoken. You you start taking a step, and you just learn as you go. Um, yeah. you, you can't, like you said, with the end of that trip, you got the tuk-tuk to give you a ride back. You can't plan that three months in advance. You just kind of have to be aware of the situation, be aware of how it works there, how the culture works, um, be paying attention, do some research. Maybe you heard somebody do that and just yeah. know that all that comes together in the trip and feel confident that you, you're resourceful enough to make, make yourself get to where you need to go.
1: Yeah. Fill in the blanks.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome, man. This is this is great. Well, congratulations again. Congratulations on being a, a new dad. Yeah, dang. I, I hope that's going well.
1: Yeah, it's going fun. We went camping for the first time this weekend, and that was fun as well. So it's a it's a new adventure. It's good. But Yeah, it's been great chatting and and mashing things and hashing things over. I didn't know where this conversation was going to go, but it's kind of it's it's good fun.
0: Well, thanks. Yeah, I, I'm not probably as structured as Kurt. <laughs> I kind of just talk about whatever comes up to people. Um, Kurt's a really good interviewer. I feel like I'm just a decent conversationalist but, or conversationalist, <laughs> but not a great interviewer necessarily.
1: But, uh, yeah, my strength is in rambling as well. So ah, maybe we, we mix well. I, I get feedback
0: a lot that I, r- I ramble too much, but uh, I don't know. I have I have a mic. I have time. So <laughs> it's going <gotta> to ramble. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again for doing this and setting it up. Uh, I really enjoyed this. And I'll let you know when it uh, comes out. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good day. Take care and have fun with the little one. Yes, sir. You too. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. See you. First of all, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us that you choose to listen to this show. If you'd like to help us further, you can leave a review on iTunes, share us with your friends, your family. It goes a long way to grow in the show. You can also support us financially through patreon.com slash Podcast. Link is in the show notes.